0: Hello, talker podcast listeners. In today's episode, Lucky 13, I speak to Jocelyn. And we originally were going to talk just about how to take an amazing running or race photo, because if you've ever seen Jocelyn, or one of her photos she just radiates happiness and she always looks amazing I love her outfits I love her smile so I figured she she could give us a bunch of really good tips um, and it's funny because she does give tips and some of them I'm laughing because I've actually given her I do coach people on all things running related including how to take a good photo but she is you know the student who's become the master in my opinion Um but In this podcast, uh, it was recorded two days into Nova Scotia, circuit breaker, uh, the most restrictive lockdown that we've basically had since the start of the pandemic. And it was really hard not to also talk about what's going on you know, just here in our lives with the pandemic. So we do talk a little bit about that and this will be released on May 28th. So I'm just incredibly hopeful that by the time you listen to this, you're like, oh, you're fine. You got through that and that we won't be having um, extended restrictions, but you know, only time will tell. So we do talk about how to take a great photo, but we also talk about, you know, the pandemic. And I was gonna fact check one thing and let y'all know how many uh, rapid COVID tests and regular tests that we've taken in the province. And I just saw all kinds of different figures and I couldn't get a final one. So I'm not able to tell you that, but I know that we've done an exceptional job of testing, so I'm really proud of our province. So anyway, enough about that. We do have a bit of a rambling conversation, so I tried to cut it down a little bit, which means as we start, we just jump right in. So enjoy. Because now I was thinking, here we are, um, day, what are we, the second day, I guess? Yeah. yeah day, two of, day two of pretty strict um Lockdown restrictions and and I don't know how we don't just address that on the Talker podcast. I mean, it's what we're all going through. So, um, yeah, I think I think we should just freeform this. And I do want to start with a little bit of good, but I think and not that I want to go to bad, but I do want to go. I do want to start with the original premise, Jocelyn. Um, <laughs> you like? <laughs> oh wait, you know, no, no, I'm gonna start over. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted what I want first I want you to set the stage for me and well and for the other um, talker listeners what's your running journey okay I have to admit I obviously know what it is but they don't know what it is so could you just take me back a few years to you know when you started and also understand that when you get to be my age you think something's a few years it could have been longer
1: <laughs> yeah I actually <clears throat> I was just out for a run and I've got less like Gunky cough that I get if I run too fast. Anyway,
0: oh girl, I got it too. I just (laughs) it because it's asthma. So listen, everybody listening, don't listen for a second. Jocelyn, let's do it. You want to get it out of the way?
1: Oh no, I got it. I I'm good at just doing a little cough, so nobody thinks that I'm like
0: a smoker. We don't. We don't think
1: that. and I got my COVID rapid test like an hour ago, and I know I'm negative.
0: Oh, that is so fun. Whoa. Do you find those? Um, I've done two. Cause you know, that's what they're asking us to do in, in Nova Scotia. And I'm like, dang, I hope that the regular tests feel better. Cause the, the rapid one, I'm just like, whoa! I feel like you're really touching my brain. Get the <laughs> test folks. This is not in any way to discourage you get the test, but, but have you had one of the regular appointment? Um, I did.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, me. we, we went for the regular break. test just because it was going to be close to work. So Kel and I okay. went on a lunch break. Kelsey, my husband. Yes. Um, And the setup was definitely different. Like everybody was kind of blocked off and like it felt very official. And they took a lot of information when they were taking your name and stuff. Um, The test itself, I thought was exactly the same. Kelsey thought it was easier. I don't know. This was my third one. And today was the worst by far. And I have no idea why
0: so that is so interesting that you thought it was the same i'm hanging my hat on your husband kelsey's idea that maybe the rapid ones are a little little bit more aggressive so the first test i had um you know buddy went in did the nostril and i was like i'm tough i can take this and i actually thought it hurt you know what i'm saying all this but folks listening i don't care you get the test anyway but then he pulled it out said you know what you're too congested so i'm gonna have to do the other side so i went through hell twice But I wonder because because we're you know we're spring in Nova Scotia. um, I don't know about you, but I've always got a lot of allergies. So if you found it more uncomfortable tonight, that just might have been because you're more inflamed. This is my non-doctor, just Stacy made it up opinion that if you've got inflamed (laughs) stuff, it's you're going to feel it more.
1: Yeah, yeah. My sinuses bother me. Kelsey has allergies. You know, the funny thought that I had was I gave blood for the first time on Monday. Okay. I thought that that was going to be painful and difficult and I have a huge fear of needles that I've been like working on. The COVID yeah. test was so much worse than giving blood. <laughs> but but public service know, giving blood um,
0: way easier than the COVID test. <laughs> public service announcement, get your test. Now I will say <laughs> I, I often didn't give blood because I was in the middle of, you know, peaking for a race and didn't want to kind of take the, the hit to my training. And yeah. then I went and gave blood because my husband, he's one of those people that's done like, I don't know, 200 donations or something. And so I, I felt like a jerk that I hadn't done it. And I was there for such a long time. Um, three people came and gave blood while I was still giving blood. And I, I don't know, some people just are slow bleeders. I have a really low heart rate, you know, my yeah. rest like 36 all the time. And that brief period, it was 29. I don't know if maybe I just bleed slowly. Anyway, so that wasn't for me. This, okay, we've got off the rails. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I kind (laughs) of had a feeling that we were going to go off the rails and talk about everything because we kind of always do that.
0: (laughs) So fine. So this, this podcast is going to just be all things pandemic. So how many tests have you had? Just three total and not just, I mean, have you had, you've had three COVID tests?
1: Yeah. Three total, all asymptomatic, not at an exposure site, just, yeah. just doing your part. Yeah. No. Um,
0: I think it's unbelievable that Nova Scotia is like testing.
1: What, what was it?
0: Do we test 20,000 people yesterday? It was something crazy. Oh, like I don't that. know.
1: Yeah. I, know it's, I heard 15,000, but I feel like 15,000 through the lab.
0: Well, I, that might have been. I don't,
1: don't want to really put any numbers out there because I don't know. But
0: you're right because I haven't added a <laughs> fact a fact check to this podcast yet.
1: <laughs> anyway, Nova
0: Scotia is just killing it with um, the amount of testing we're doing, um, but unfortunately, we're we're also we're doing that testing because we're um, now in our third wave, like other places in Canada, and we're um, the second day of some pretty extreme lockdown measures. It's certainly as, I guess it's, it's as locked down as it was, you know, over a year ago when the pandemic first hit. The only real difference being that we closed our beaches, our parks, everything last March, and we still have access to that. We just have to wear a mask if we can't be um, socially distant. And I live right beside a park, so I'm in Shuby every day with my dog. And I have to say it's really neat because the number of masks has gone up quite a bit. Mm. And that's outside. So have you seen more people in your life wearing masks?
1: Um, I was just out and I didn't see anybody wearing masks out. I was a little surprised, but I was really impressed that like so many people were out. Like Mm. there were two people in the tennis court. There were a couple people running laps. There were some people out with their dogs, but like so many small groups that were filling like every available activity at the park. (laughs) Well, it it does feel like
0: every time we have a news conference, they're like, you know, keep your distance, but get out, you know, move. And it's so funny because our weather here, you know, in the Maritimes, just wait for it. It'll change. It'll be whatever you want or don't want. And today was a glorious day. And yet with the exception of walking my, my dog an hour this morning, you know, like at 7 a.m. I didn't go outside again. So I missed a great day. Did you have a lovely run and, and enjoy this the
1: springtime weather? I did. And, oh, you know, I had this thought the other day of every time I go out for a run, I always see something interesting. And when I get home, I always have something to tell Kelsey of, oh, guess what I saw on my run? And well, what did I, be? I saw a cardinal pear just off the trail they were so close to me and I was just like wow spring so exciting so
0: (laughs) okay so you saw two birds that's a cardinal pair
1: a male and a female cardinal oh and cardinals used to be pretty rare here they're less rare now but yeah I probably didn't see my first one until I was in my teens
0: what Jocelyn are you a birder or did you just happen to know what these two birds were
1: Oh, they're, they're obvious. As far as birds go, they're obvious because no, they're the only no. ones that are bright red. First off, no. I mean, I. I <laughs> they're my I, mom's favorite.
0: Okay.
1: My mom loves birds.
0: Okay. So you're the daughter of a birder. You're unwilling to categorize yourself as a birder. That is what I'm hearing in this.
1: i think you might i feel like there's a high bar for bird knowledge that i just haven't met yet
0: no you're see because your mom has put it at any anyway i don't know birds (laughs) i probably would have known i probably would have known a cardinal uh but i don't know because they're pretty
1: exciting (laughs) i mean i'm excited by a lot of things out running that most people i think it'd be like that's kind of every day but
0: yeah. no no that's, that's lovely i and and i like right where i live because i've seen bald eagles and that's exciting yeah. i was like
1: wait a minute what's the american eagle doing in canada <laughs> i was out running in the winter and um there was a bald eagle that was eating something on the frozen surface of lake it was so cool, and like I stopped, and there were a few other people out running, and all of us just stopped, and we're standing there, like, "Wow, yeah, nature, really fun.
0: nature is cool." Well, I don't exactly <laughs> know what an osprey looks like, but I know that in Shuby Park, there's a ton of osprey nests on the power mm-hmm. lines, and I mean, do they look like eagles? I don't know.
1: They're birds of prey, like eagles, so okay, they're kind of like pointy all over. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so take that from the girl who won't call herself a birder. Um, so how far did you? Uh, <laughs> how far did you run tonight? Just 5K. Okay. Oh, you know we don't say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I always think it's funny when I say just 5K because it always gets a reaction from people. Either people are runners and they're like, "Oh yeah," or people aren't you runners know- and they're like, "Oh my God, 5K so far."
0: I I think you're absolutely right. We have been so conditioned, and I think it's a good conditioning that if somebody were to ever say just 5K, you almost you always comment like I, I do it too. And and usually the context of it is like I'm doing I'm just doing 5K because you're at a race where there's a 5K, 10K, 15, 21, 42K, and it's not that you're being pejorative about 5K. It's that you're saying oh that You've that's the, the one I'm distance doing. of all yeah. That
1: available. Yeah.
0: Which is so funny. Um, well, 5K tonight would be good, and I'm feeling kind of guilty because I haven't haven't run today. But I'm actually I'm feeling more guilty that I don't want to run. And I anyway, it's this whole pandemic thing. So um, it's weird. It's last year I went like as soon as we kind of went into this this new lockdown, I just ran a ton and slower than ever, but longer than ever, and I was so motivated. And now, two days in, I'm just like, Bleh. I'm yeah. not motivated. Are you like, no, it, not at all. <laughs> so how did you get out the? How did you get out the door today? Because you beat me in that regard. Like, what what did it? Did you know you were going to talk well, to me? And I'm
1: you. Partly, yeah. Partly, I wanted <laughs> to have some time to go out and think about what I wanted to talk to you about which mm-hmm. has not helped us stay on track at all. <laughs> I've given um, up. I've got, I've got some <laughs> notes,
0: but I, you know what? I may not get to them.
1: <laughs> and actually, I packed my running gear to run at lunch because, you know, my office is really close to all kinds of good running spots. Okay. And I was halfway through my burrito bowl at lunch before I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, that burrito bowl sounds... Awesome.
0: And yeah, there was going to be no coming back from that. You weren't going to be like, Oh, let me just put this burrito bowl aside no. and go for my run. Um, no. So you're, so you're actually going, you're going into an office. I am. Right? Yeah. So how so, does that feel?
1: It's pretty good. Um, everybody else went home basically. So there's only four of us. This would normally fit like probably four, whew, probably 40
0: whoa so, okay wow
1: so well, you feel maybe safe i'm exaggerating but i'm very uh, far from everyone we've had covid protocols in place like from the beginning as far as if you're sitting at your desk you can take your mask off if you're mm-hmm. up doing anything else has to be on sanitizer yeah. everywhere wipes in the bathroom to wipe down all the like handles so- and stuff
0: yeah. So you're saying that, I mean, like when I ask, how's that feel? I mostly just mean how, you know, how does it feel? I mean, does it feel like, well, I've got to work. I have to be here. or Does it feel like, Oh gosh, I wish I could be at home. Or is it just, well, nothing. I could it's- be
1: home. I could be home if I wanted okay. to. Yeah. Okay. Um, we just moved. So the house is not assembled. Kelsey tells me he's not reassembling the desk because he's going to use it for parts for something else he's got in mind, which if you know, Kelsey, Oh, is goodness. very typical for him. So he's working on a space for me to put a desk, but it's not quite ready yet.
0: See, I say, oh goodness, as a, a married woman with an amazing husband who has projects that take, oh, I don't know, decades. Yeah. <laughs> like there's just a very different um, timeline for for everything. So, uh, good luck with that. And I think I understand why you're going (laughs) into the office. Um, it's pretty cool though. You bought a house during, uh, the pandemic, which is, it's hard to get a house now. They're just, they're like on the market and gone or gone before they even hit the market.
1: I know. And we were like in a very strange situation with the house. We got super lucky that our real estate agent who we're really close with, um, she knew the family that was going to sell the house and they didn't want to list it. They didn't want to have people coming through the house. They just wanted to do something, you know, whatever was easiest low key somebody they felt would love it the same way that they did. So. And a young, very, very recently
0: married couple with all the, you know, everything in front of them. I mean, I think it would feel really good to know or to think the home that you loved is going to be loved by someone as well. Whereas if you were further along in your career and life, you know, maybe you'd just be a temporary home, but this is, this is going to be, not that this is going to be your first and only house, but it's going to be your first house. So it's going to be special regardless.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we've had a lot of fun doing renovation stuff and painting and Kelsey knocked out a wall (laughs) Part of my wedding vows to Kelsey yeah. was that I was going to trust his process and his vision for his projects, <laughs> even if I don't see the full picture to begin with. And it's not even been a year, and I've already kind of like, oh my goodness. Oh, like,
0: I I'm remember your vows.
1: It. I made this promise, but <laughs> Ooh, for me. <You> <laughs> Oh,
0: everyone that's been married a little bit longer or is a little bit older, we're just like, bless her heart. Yes. You, you just, you cling to those vows until, yeah, you get, mm-hmm, okay. Uh, at one point, <laughs> Tim enjoyed the process of taking walls down in our house because we fully renovated it before we moved in. The architect had to ask him, um, well, not had to ask him that. he told him. Please stop taking walls down. Like really <laughs> smart. He didn't take, you know, he knew better than to take a structural wall down. But I think the architect was like, you know, I'm getting really nervous about
1: this. Yeah, your house is like a <laughs> Jenga game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So you are fairly recently married. Um
1: Yep, married during <laughs> the pandemic, bought a house during the pandemic.
0: And ran a marathon during the pandemic. And But we're not going to talk about that because you're going to tell me your journey to running.
1: Yes. Okay. So to start from the beginning, and I'm not sure if you've heard all of this story. Um, So growing up, I did sprint canoeing in the summer and running was always part of the cross training and I hated it. And I was always (laughs) one of those people growing up that was like, I hate running. I hate it with a passion. I will never be athletic. I want nothing to do with this. And I was kind of forced to do it through paddling. Mm. And then yeah. because I was paddling and in reasonable shape and my friends were running cr- cross-country, I ended up running some cross-country, which I also hate Oh, I don't, I don't think I knew that.
0: That's (laughs) this, you know what? And I love the word hate. The fact that you had this hate makes me laugh because I know how the story ends and it ends with love, but okay. Hated cross country. It's, it's a different kind of sport. It's, it's hard. If you don't like running, I think, I think cross country is the hardest running and wow. Okay. Pick up your story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so I, Started working at a health and fitness magazine after university um, and started kind of thinking more about health, doing some things, tried some different athletic stuff. I was like, this is not for me. <laughs>
0: um,
1: <laughs> I also have PCOS, which I think I've talked to you about. Yeah. Um, so when I talked to my doctor about like, what else should I be doing to take care of my health? She was like. Well, the only other thing that I would want you to add is doing some kind of activity. And I kind of had it in my head that I was going to run. I don't know why I kind of felt like that was
0: what I wanted to do. Because you had always had, like, been a feeling. runner. You had always been a runner. You were just a dormant runner. That's why. You knew, like, on, like I'm kind of teasing, but I'm I kind of it. not. Well, yeah, you you thought you hated it, but you knew you could do it because you had already done it as a kid. So I think probably in the back of your mind, you always had this, well, I mean, you might still hate it, but you knew you could run. So I bet that was part of it.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> I was really anxious about starting to run and I was seeing a psychologist at the time for anxiety mm-hmm. and we were talking about lots of other things, but she helped me figure out what my plan was going to be to learn to run. Okay. Because I had kind of at first gotten in that mindset of you go out and you run as fast as you can and you're in 5k right away. And then if you can't do that, you just suck and you should quit forever.
0: I think there are a lot of people that ascribe (laughs) to that. Actually, I think think that's very common. Wrong, wrong, but very
1: common. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, she's like, well, you can like, do you have a plan for what you want to do? And I said, yeah, there's like a training plan that I've kind of picked that I want to do that sounds reasonable and said like it takes a long time and a little nervous and she's like just do it for a week like Mm -hmm. and if you still hate it in a week you can stop like you're allowed to stop if you don't like it you don't have to do it for 16 weeks if you don't like it She only asked for a week.
0: I mean, I got to tell you, I would have asked for two or three because it takes, you know, it takes three to
1: maybe it was a while longer than that, but it wasn't very long. No, she, she may have said a No, she may have said a week, (laughs) honestly, don't back away from that. She might've just been like, okay. All right. So, so you did, you did the week. Yeah. So I had um, a pair of shoes from Costco and I had like no running gear at all luckily my dad had been a very serious runner when he was in his 20s so I could ask him a bunch of questions about mm. what am I supposed to be doing here like do I just put my shoes on and go like how far do I go what do I yeah. do so that was good and I had also in the beginning we had met through the magazine yes and you were training I- for your ultra at the time and
0: I, I think you were going to write, you were going to write a story about doing your 5k. Cause I mean, it was topical that you were doing this.
1: Yeah. You were definitely doing lots of stuff with the magazine. And I did write about running. Yeah. I mean, on. like
0: okay i mean like i knew you were gonna you were gonna be a runner or you wanted to i remember that i I definitely remember trying to sell you on running and then i'm like soul sisters is
1: perfect for you (laughs) yeah and i i had seen people out running in the tutus and i was like that seems like a reasonable goal you know it's far enough away this was october when i was starting to run so i was like that's far enough away that you know i could probably run a 5k by June which of course I could run a 5k by January oh yeah Um, yeah but you didn't (laughs) know that (laughs) I wanted to give myself a very conservative goal yeah of running soul sisters and yeah the training I honestly didn't have that hard of a time with the training the intervals were really gradual for me yeah and I know not everybody has success with doing like couch to 5k programs but for me like I could just do it exactly as planned and yeah I do really well with just having a plan and just following it and not thinking about it
0: so that was your first 5k was in 2017 first 5k is an adult return to running
1: yes yeah okay so it was October of 2017 that I started running
0: Oh, oh, oh! Excuse me. So it was 2018 that you that you did Soul Sisters. I can't follow yeah. this map. Whoa, <laughs> whoa! So it was under three years. I thought it was a full three years before you did your marathon. But anyway, I'm jumping ahead. So you do a f- 5K. You're like, eh, I can do this. Do you another 5K. Oh, I can do this. And then you got the bug. What? What? For yeah, for and
1: more? then I ran like I, I want to say like 25 races. The next season? <laughs> yes, you did. You got the butt. <laughs> I think I saw you at just about every race. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think so too. And I do remember being pretty adamant that I mean you were so clearly enamored of running, which I thought was amazing. Um, but I was concerned that you were gonna jump to the marathon. And you didn't. I, I, I was very proud of you. You you did it exactly right, but I, I didn't know if that part of that, that, that first nice, year,
1: like huge respect for you that like if Stacy tells me that I have to wait, guess I got to wait. <laughs> well, <laughs> which was the, the thing same is, with running my first half. Like I didn't run my first half that first year. Yeah. And then you then waited. Year, you yeah. Waited. I waited.
0: And, and the thing is, I mean, you knew basically – you were able to do your first 5k way sooner. You could have done a half sooner and you could have done a marathon sooner. But I'm really proud of you for working on building a very solid foundation. And I just, I've seen enough runners to know that you can rush and you can, not that you will necessarily end up being injured, but you're definitely gonna end up being slower. And there and I there's nothing wrong with any pace, but, I prefer someone get to the start line of their half or their full marathon, um, as strong a runner as they can be and not, ha- not to be slower just because they're going to get that distance done when really they hadn't done the distance. So you were, you are very, you're perfect. You're really perfect. So thank you for listening <laughs> to me and I do whatever you want.
1: I just do uh, what I'm told.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's surprising for a runner. Okay. I'm just going to leave that out there.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm big on following rules. <laughs> oh, I'm a rule
0: follower too. I hear
1: you. So, um, so it was really
0: exciting that you had, you know, a marathon planned and because you follow rules, you were, you were ready. I mean, well, you weren't, when the pandemic hit, you weren't, what, were you halfway through your training? I can't remember.
1: You were not right. yeah, you were so, halfway,
0: halfway, maybe a little more.
1: I was a little more than halfway. Yeah, I was looking back through my Strava the other day trying to figure out the timeline of stuff. So I started training basically like January 1st. I had my training plan ready. Everything was going great. I was in my routine of, you know, I'm going to run hills at this place on this day. And, you know, I'm running at lunch at work and everything's going good, you know, like hard, but fine. And, yeah
0: uh, know, I mean if it was hard you didn't present that like you seemed to me whenever I'd, I'd see you because we're in this you know we we do the same races we are in the same running club um and it just seemed to me that everything was was going along tickety-boo like you really I mean it was it was I, I don't think it was hard I mean maybe fatigue wise a little bit but I, I think it was quite good so um yeah.
1: Were- I remember having a couple of runs, like, with the winter training. I knew I wanted to train in winter because I'm way better with cold than with heat. Um, but there were a couple of runs where I was like, this just isn't productive. Like, I don't <laughs> hear in the slush. Like I, don't, yes. like, I was living in an apartment, don't have a treadmill, didn't, like, enjoy running at the gym, especially for a long yeah. distance. But yeah. then when it comes to, like, going through, like, ankle-deep slush, it's just, like, not useful for it's not, <laughs> right. it, it's not you're right it's not useful.
0: or if the weather's great if the footing's really slippy then you risk being injured and you're running tight and, and tense yeah. and it can lead to an injury like so ugh, winter winter is it can be quite challenging so uh, but yeah. nonetheless you, you had picked a may marathon so you knew you were going to have a certain amount of um well bad running
1: oh yeah Yeah. And I was totally okay with that. Like, so so, totally okay with that. You know,
0: it's pretty exciting when you're training for your first marathon, then we go into a worldwide um, pandemic and races are canceled uh, rightfully so, but then you had to make a choice. Well, I'm, you know, I'm more than halfway through my training. Uh, Do I keep training? Do I do this, you know, by myself or do I quit? And not quit, but <clears throat> excuse me, just put it put it aside and, and kind of deal with everything life's throwing at me and not really chase this marathon dream. And you opted to go ahead and do your marathon. What what was that thought process like?
1: Um, I think it was probably sunk cost where <laughs> I was like I, <laughs> I know you already got your tights
0: that you were gonna wear in the marathon. And folks, if you think I dress for races, Jocelyn she looks good i i wear outfits because i'm just being silly but this woman looks good and you had your marathon tights so okay I my marathon
1: tights that i had ordered we we had done the women's day group run at the sportsplex like the week before everything shut down and we were all like blissfully unaware yes and then everything got shut down and i started working from home i did that for two weeks and then i got laid off and then which I'm actually back at the same job now. So it all worked out totally fine. Um, But my training, like once I got to working from home and just being so tired from the stress of everything happening and watching the COVID briefings every day and not sure sure what's going to happen or how bad it's going to be, I was just exhausted. And then I got laid off and I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. And I called you and I was like, "Stacy, like my training's fallen off the rails here and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I've done a whole bunch already and I'm feeling yeah. good, but I can feel like I don't have it in me to do the rest of the training for this. And I'm pretty close anyway. And you said to me, <laughs> you're like, great. The last two weeks where you've not been running that much, there's your taper. Yes. Look at <laughs> you're like look at the calendar you can pick any day pick a day where the weather looks good so I picked like we must have talked on like a Thursday or Friday and I picked well you you Sunday, went early though Tuesday
0: did, did, <laughs> didn't we have a day like yeah I believe you might have picked Saturday and then you went Tuesday I feel like you went before I thought you were going
1: yeah I may have
0: yeah I started to get you...
1: nervous of like yes you know if you don't run for like three days you're like Oh no! I'm gonna magically lose 100% All my of my fitness, fitness and never be able to run again. Yes. Yeah. There is a ma- well.
0: <laughs> running, running has this magical, um, I don't know, pixie dust that it sprinkles in your brain, and then if you don't get your your fix, you start to get a little bit irrational. So yes, I do know yeah. exactly what. And what being you're off about. of my
1: training plan, where it's like, you can trust your training, you can trust the plan. But yeah. now I'm off the plan and I'm not sure what's going to happen.
0: Well, and, and I will say, you know, I knew you, I knew the work you had put in. So it was really easy for me to say, you can do this and you can do this right now. Like I, I knew you could. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like me. Oh, there's going to be a marathon in two weeks. I haven't done it. Um, let me just jump in. Like you, you really were wet ready. The toughest thing for you was going to be. mental part of it because you had never done a marathon so you didn't have the confidence of having completed one now you've got that in your back pocket and you will always know you can do a marathon and even if you thought you could do it you didn't exactly know until you did it and did it by yourself if that doesn't give you confidence for your next in-person marathon i mean then nothing will so anyway it's may what day what what was your
1: marathon Date. No, it wasn't even May. It was April. It was April. Yeah. It was the anniversary. was on Monday. We, just missed,
0: we yep. just missed it. So April 26th, a year ago, you set out to do a virtual marathon all by yourself. How'd it go?
1: It was, it was not as like crushing as I thought it was going to be. Am I? <laughs> I <I'm... laughs> wow. Maybe not that's anxiety so... thing where I'm like, I'm going to be literally dead. Um, no, I, I'm laughing at <laughs> it, it. I thought held, I going to be like crying and like.
0: Well, so, okay. So first off, I just love how you said it wasn't as crushing. I think a lot of us were still a little bit numb. So even though you had just done this incredible thing, completing the marathon, you were also still dealing with, you know, the pandemic yeah. and what does this all mean? So I think that, um that also would have played with everything but but like you didn't find it like did you get to 20 miles sorry 32k and think oh i can't i can't do this like i like give us give us a little recap
1: yeah so um i started off pretty early and normally Normally, when I go out and do a long run, I would plan to stop at, like, the public water fountains, which, of course, there weren't any. Yeah. And I had to pick my own route because the original marathon I planned to do was Fredericton, which, obviously, Halifax is very far from Fredericton. I was not doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so I had my little waste pack with my water and my gels and set out from my house. And my husband was still asleep. And I was like, he, okay, he did- like I'm going to go run a marathon now. Your
0: fiance. Yes. Did you have music? Were you listening to music?
1: I was listening. Actually, I think I started with podcasts. Oh. I had like three or four hours of true crime yeah. podcasts that I listened to. Okay. Um, so I set out, everything's fine. It's very quiet. This is like shortly after. A whole bunch of things had happened um yeah so the mass shooting had happened that clinic that he owned was literally 200 meters from my house yes oh my gosh not you that we gone... had any connection to it but like yeah anyone that lives in dartmouth
0: or halifax you you knew that clinic so running by there you're just hit in the face with oh there's that mass murderer that's his yeah his business
1: yeah so and like not very long after
0: I think I feel happened. like, and had we also lost our, um, our military, uh, pilots? I don't think so. Okay. I that think was, that but was that a was,
1: couple was, of days later.
0: Okay. Okay. I mean, I, it was very close yeah, it was a, it was a very upsetting month for a lot of people. Um, yeah. and sometimes running, you can feel that more. So, so you go off and did you have to do loops or did you do it just a,
1: I did two out and, back. out and backs.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so I went out. I think it must have been about the first like 8K. One of my maple syrup gels exploded in my bag and like all down the back of my legs. Ugh. Normally you could like stop in at the Tim's, which was right there, but I <laughs> had to be completely self-sufficient because everything's locked down. Yes. So I'm like taking my water bottles and rinsing off the backs of my legs like, oh God, like I'm glad it's not super hot out because I'm gonna need this water. (laughs) I got out, turned around, got back in the house. Kind of thing that could really throw you off your
0: game. I mean, a marathon is just—it's it's a thousand choices in a period of three to six hours. And you could have been like, Oh, I just can't do this. I mean, I'm wearing, I've lost fuel. Mm -hmm. I'm sticky. Everything's going (laughs) badly. Um, But you made it through that. So, okay. Awesome.
1: And I think part of that was like, Oh, this is going to be really funny in my marathon recap for the running club. (laughs) (laughs) Was there anything, did anything
0: happen that was like surprisingly good? that you can remember, or I guess, I mean, or, or surprisingly bad.
1: I'll save that for the end. The end. Oh, is okay. Okay. Um, so I got back to the house and I think my biggest fear about my route was that I would get back to the house after half marathon and be like, okay, I'm done now. So I like <laughs> went to the bathroom, refilled my water, wiped off my legs. And was like, okay, I'm going back out. And, like, once I headed out the door for the second time, I was like, all right, I'm doing this. Like, I'm definitely doing this. I made it over my big fear of where I thought, like, if I'm going to quit, this is going to be the moment. Yeah. Um, And, like, fairly uneventful, really. Just puttering along, listening to my podcasts. Um, Towards the end of my second lap, I got a text from my mom. And I picked it up, and she's like, oh, like, your brother's, like, pretty stressed out, you know, pretty sad. And like, maybe you could give him a call later today. So I called her back. I was like, mom, like, I forgot to tell you, um, I'm running a marathon today. Are
0: you like, on what are you on this side? Are you on this side? Are you on the sidewalk doing this? Or are you like call, are you like talking and running my
1: wireless headphones in?
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I
1: was like, put Craig on. I'll tell him that I'm running a marathon. Like that'll be like plenty distracting and just like, I oh my like gosh. A couple minute chat with my family. I, I have to interrupt here. How, how old are you, Jocelyn? Uh, I'm 27,
0: 27. And were you 26 when you did this?
1: Yeah. So my okay. brother is so, 24. He so this, 24. 20,
0: this 26 year old, you are talking on the, your wireless, um, headphones while you're doing a marathon i can't remember which marathon because as you know i've done more marathons than anyone should but it was the new york city marathon and it was in the 90s um one of those and i'm running along and i hear this guy behind me on a cell phone that he's (laughs) he's called somebody but what you don't know i don't know if you were born in the 90s i'm not going to do that math i don't have the time you're born that Anyway, anyway, it was the nineties and to have a phone in the, in the nineties, it basically looked like a brick and this man had a brick and he was talking on it. While we were running a marathon, my <laughs> mind was blown. I didn't understand why it was happening. I couldn't work out the details. And I just had to interrupt you to say, and now you just casually can take a phone call while you're running. Anyway, so you call your brother, you talk to your mom, and you tell them,
1: hey, I'm in
0: the middle of a marathon, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. And uh. we have, you know, a very quick conversation of like, they knew I was going to run a marathon, but they didn't really know that I'd picked that day. And I hadn't really told anybody because I was so nervous yeah. that I was gonna bail or something was gonna happen. Well, and then it'd be I didn't easier to have to tell that story it. over and over of like, oh, like I got hurt and have to
0: tell I, people. I think you went early. I think because of that, I, 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 something in my brain makes me think you went just a couple of days early because it'd be more fun to tell them you had done it than oh, I, I didn't do it. Yeah.
1: Yet. Yeah. Okay. So pick. towards the end, um, maybe six or seven K out. Um, I had consumed all my water. And oh, yes. I called, I called Kelsey and I was like, okay, like, you know, the plan here, this is where I'm going to be. He met up with me, refilled my water bottles. And honestly, I was feeling like pretty good until like the last, 4 or 5k like All I was right. feeling like pretty solid I was doing 15 and 1 intervals Ooh. of walking and running
0: um, wow that, that's barely any walking I, I've done 10 and 1s for lots of marathons but 15 and 1 wow
1: I think it was 15 and 1
0: no, I believe, I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure
1: it was. was yeah good for you yeah um and that like really worked for me and you know I like stopped across the street right at the end and there was all this traffic going and I went to hit the button and like Um, almost wiped right out on the ground (laughs) because I was so tired. But I was like, uh, this is it was the same stretch where I'd learned how to run because I'd always run the same stretch doing Couch to 5k. So it was that same stretch that I was coming back to the house.
0: So, did that give you confidence, or even without it giving confidence, did your body just kind of, you know, remember how to do this in this spot? Do You think it just brought you home, wrote yeah. memory?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I like could autopilot.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and, so, it,
0: and and it was like four or five. Like you were pretty solid until the last four or five k. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think I had trained up to thirty-two.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, and you were out of, you were out of water. So that got, that's where it was getting to be a little scary at the end. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I knew Kelsey would be good to come drop me off water, but I was like, you know, do I want to spend the time trying to meet up with him and Mm coordinate this or do I want to just tough it out? And I was like, no, I better get some water. Like it's my first marathon, like not trying to save two minutes here. Like, no but, reason <laughs>
0: yeah but but the thing is like a lot of people just make bad choices when they're very fatigued that's what makes it impressive that you knew enough to get your water I mean
1: it, <laughs> I think it, that you know, maybe is the anxiety superpower of like. well I'll, I'll usually take the cautious route I've read is. a lot of stories of horror stories of people running marathons and I'm like okay making notes don't want to make that mistake totally <laughs> yeah well it <laughs> I, I mean, it, it sucks if it gives you anxiety
0: thinking of these bad scenarios, but if it makes you over prepared or able to make better choices, that that's pretty cool. And I do I actually want to ask you a couple questions related to anxiety, but I want to let you finish your, your marathon.
1: Yeah. We're almost there. We're okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like coming down the like home stretch of things and I wasn't sure if Kelsey was going to be out waiting for me to finish. I thought he would be because he, you know, I share my location with them when I'm out running. Um, But I like looked over and I saw friends of ours were out in their yard gardening. So I yelled to them. I was like, hey, I'm about to finish my first marathon. Yes, yes. They didn't hear me, but a bunch of people that I did not know who like lived on the same street started cheering and yelling. Oh, that's so cool. That's so, it's awesome.
0: (laughs) And I can just imagine like, I would want everyone to know. I'd be so proud. And then I'd be a little bit embarrassed, but I'd be mostly proud.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was a little like, Oh, like, I wish that it had been my friends and not. Yes, yes. That's kind of how the pandemic felt, though. You felt kind of like this weird closeness to all these strangers with everybody with signs in their windows and putting Christmas lights up and everybody out walking. It's like there's this weird camaraderie of everybody going through this weird hard time together. I totally forgot about all the signs
0: in the windows. You know, that's something that I haven't seen here and now in the, the third wave. I wonder if that'll, if that'll be coming back or if we're just too tired for it, but you're right. Thank you for reminding me. It was really neat. Cause you'd be like, Oh, they're trying, they're trying to just lift strangers up.
1: Yeah. And part of my marathon was on Cow Bay road and some people out in Cow Bay did like tons of signs that were all along the sidewalk that were you know, thank you to the frontline workers and all kinds of stuff. So that was really nice. Um, And then I got home, finished my marathon, looked at my watch and I was like, so delirious by the end. I was like 42.2. Like that's it. Right. That's the number. (laughs) It's like, am I supposed to go further? It feels like I'm supposed to go further. Oh, that would be horrible. if If I stop my watch now and it's not far enough. I'm going to regret that for the rest of my life. (laughs) You would. You absolutely would.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry to laugh at that. Well, But you know that feeling when you you
1: get to the end of it and you're like, what just happened?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or or you think you've already finished and the photographer yells, keep running. Like what happened? (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, you can just get out of it. I got you. (laughs) <laughs> and I just went into the house and Kelsey was like oh like did you finish your marathon it's like yeah <laughs> and then I called you right away and you were like I know. I've got a post-marathon list for you to do you need to get some protein right now <laughs> <laughs> so you have lots of instructions for me post-marathon yes. which was very comforting because
0: you know it well, felt like
1: a good bookend to it
0: well and and you know you you you're amazing. You do what you're told to do. So I was able to actually help your recovery. Um, so, and it was neat because I, I did know it was pretty soon after you had completed your marathon. And I was really proud of you. Like um, I wasn't there, but I felt very, uh, I just, I was really proud of you. I'm, I'm so proud of the runner that you have become, especially now knowing how much you hated it as a kid, um, which is fun. <laughs> um, and if, and if, I mean, the thing that just makes me, kind of laugh to think about is if anyone were ever to see you running, Jocelyn, you radiate happiness. I don't think I've ever with the exception of there was a meme a few years ago, this one guy that just looked so happy running. He looked like a, like a model posing and he wasn't other than him. You are the happiest runner I have ever, ever seen. You just, <laughs> you love it. You love running. I and, do. You, and it, it, it pours out of you. So, um, are you done with the, your marathon? Because I, I want to start asking you some, some questions.
1: Oh, yeah. Ask me questions.
0: Okay. I don't want to you because marathon's a big deal. So this, I guess you've mentioned, um, you know, being anxious and anxiety a few times. Do you think that running has uh, helped your anxiety or at times made it worse?
1: It definitely <clears throat> helps it. It definitely helps it, but it wasn't easy getting there. Like in the what beginning, you- it, it didn't have a big payoff in the beginning. And I think being anxious made it a lot harder to start. Can, and- you, can you
0: just give a little more detail to that? Because I think, uh, a lot of folks don't necessarily, you know, they talk about how great running is, but they don't talk about the bad, you know? And so if yeah. it wasn't great, I'd like to hear more about that.
1: Yeah. It's something I try to be open about, I guess. Yeah. Definitely starting off with a therapist. Um, like making my plan for running and I started um medication for anxiety like right around the same time. Like I think mm. I had started medication like two weeks earlier, and it was like very immediate for me that I started to feel better. And I was like, Oh, awesome. Oh my god, like this is what other people feel like? No wonder I <laughs> get so much done. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, I actually
0: can't imagine you're like, wait a minute,
1: this is baseline for other people. (laughs) I was shocked. I was so shocked. I was like, everything makes so much more sense now. Like, yeah, it always felt like everybody had way more hours in the day. It's like, oh no, they just have way more energy and they're not like frozen in an anxiety spiral. Yeah. Um, so it was
0: really like, I mean, Running has helped with that, but it was medication and then running or or is it part and parcel? Medication
1: first. Yeah. I feel like for me, this is my kind of like theory of my own mental health is that my kind of base of the pyramid is that I take medication Mm -hmm. and that allows me to do the other things that help with my mental health. Yeah. Like it gives me enough energy to actually put my shoes on and go out for a run And not like, you know, say I'll do it tomorrow or put my shoes on and lay down on the bed and be like, oh, like I don't want to go. Or think
0: about it all day and not do it, which is the case for me today. Like, so so awesome. I I like it.
1: Yeah, having that base allows me to go out and run and, you know, have the focus to do some other things. And running, I mean...
0: I, you love it. Did you just love it as soon as you started again in that October? Or when did you decide you loved running? Or I do think you know? once
1: I started racing.
0: Ah, so you love, okay. I love racing. You, you love racing. And, and Jocelyn- it's funny
1: because I love racing, but I am not competitive in any way. My marathon, I should put this out there, took me five and a half hours. Amazing. So amazing am not like... Five- uh
0: uh-uh. uh, you better hush up <laughs> five and a half hours first marathon by herself hmm. amazing
1: I guess what I mean by I like racing is it's not I like to go out there and see how well I can place or see how much better I can do as opposed to last time I just like being out with a group of runners yes and everybody's yes. so friendly the race energy is so fun and Jump. like everybody's so supportive it's just like yeah I'm so happy for you that you're out here doing this. Like you're killing it.
0: I couldn't agree more. Um, You and I, like a lot of, I, you know, I know a lot of people and a lot of folks love, um, they love being active. They love running and they will race, but I, I, they would, they would run whether they had races or not. Racing isn't like the greatest thing to me. Racing is the greatest. It is, I, I love seeing the people. I love encouraging people on the course, whether, whether yes. it's while I'm running with them or it's at the finish line, getting an extra couple of seconds out of them. Like I live for it. And I think one difference between us is that I've won a lot of races and I, I even still can win races, which shocks me. Um, uh, but, I don't care. Like my love of a race has nothing to do with whether I'm being competitive because most of the time I'm not being competitive. I'm just there enjoying myself, not trying to run my, my fastest. I just want to be running with people. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And other folks, they're very uh, goal oriented when it comes to racing. So if they haven't, you know, done a time or a place, like they're not happy. And I just think, but you just got to run with all these people. How can you not be happy? I don't I don't. get yeah. that. <laughs> so we're, so we're so similar like that. But anyway, time and a place, there are times I also want to be competitive. It's just very few and far between nowadays.
1: And I think on our original thought of taking race pictures, I think that's oh. probably part <laughs> of why I always have cute race pictures because I'm not out there like giving a thousand percent really like suffering to get the time that I want. I'm just out there to have a good time. And I feel like it usually just looks like it, you know? Okay,
0: (laughs) yes, yes and no. And that's right, that was our original topic. I mean, there's strategy Um,
1: to it also. There is
0: totally strategy because I have run really hard races that as soon as I come around the corner and I'm always looking for a camera, I see the camera, then I just strike my pose and what's really neat is by striking my pose, which means I'm actually, okay, I do freeze a smile on my face. I will admit that, but I also relax my body and I make sure I have really good running form for the photographer. And because you have no idea what lens they're shooting, that means probably anywhere from 15 to even 40 seconds, my running, my form has just automatically improved because I've seen a camera and that carries over and that helps, you know, you, you hold to that for a little bit. So Yes, I see a camera and that's changing how i'm I'm racing, but I've still run really good races um, even though I've posed for the camera. and I read something somewhere somebody I don't know who it was made a comment like you can't if you have you, you can't run a fast race and have a good photo. you gotta have you gotta look ugly in your photo. I'm like I guess you don't <laughs> know about winning races and looking good like that's not true, but some people have an antenna up for, uh, photographers and I think I do I don't know that you do because you just look good I mean maybe you've got the. oh internet. no I
1: do I'm looking for okay. the camera oh
0: okay. well good I mean
1: why not because here's the and thing And hopefully the camera's in a good spot like Tim
0: he does pick good one
1: <laughs> he it, does I think the hey, only Tim. race where I've had like a photo where I was like oh my god Tim it was at the top of this huge hill and just as you come over the cr- crest of the hill there yeah. he the camera it's like you, I'm not. You I'm know. Not. Sometimes I think
0: it's a shame that Tim isn't a runner because he maybe wouldn't position himself at the top of the hill. But what I will say about Tim, yeah, he might make you work on that hill, but he will make sure that you get a good photo because he takes like. Twenty amazing photos. But he takes twenty of each person, and he he gets rid of those photos where you're collapsing on one leg. I mean, that's nobody looks good when they're collapsing. And there's another photographer in in town, Ralph, that he takes great photos. But I started yelling at him the last couple of years because I was like, "You always take bad photos of me." And I know (laughs) because I'm smiling the whole time that you could pick a good one. I was like, "Would you stop putting ugly photos out there?" (laughs) It's because Tim has spoiled me because he deletes photos, whereas other folks will just put them out there. So um, shout out, Ralph's actually taken some better photos and of me. Thank you, or put them out in the world. And if we get Paul on this this podcast, he may actually go to a, another podcast because we've had such a good conversation. Um, Paul Morris takes, I think, the greatest race photos I've ever seen. But yeah. he's he's always he's an artist that's capturing a story. So you might be smiling and, and giving him the perfect subject, but he, if he doesn't think that's the perfect subject, he's not, that's not the photo you're going to get. I mean, he, <laughs> I think he tried to get good photos out there for people, but he more tries to get a great photo, which is so much more than just you in it. So. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. You know. And sometimes a great photo isn't what you think it's going to be. You know, there are great photos of people that like, really capture the moment of like, Oh, totally. totally. That's like beautiful in a different way.
0: Well, there's, there's this one photo from the, the first soul sisters half marathon. And just because of um, how we started it, the, the 5k folks happened to be starting with, with the half marathoners and um, the woman who actually won the race uh, had, she fell And she got back up quite quickly, but as she was getting up, one of the 5k folks came over to help her up. So there's Mm. this photo and then there's another woman that has stopped and has turned and you can tell that she's gonna help. She's just about to. So you've got these two people that are helping the race winner, like who's, you know. So that's a story that is, and I know the person in the photo and, and, and she hates the photo because who wants a photo of you being helped up off a race course? Uh, but knowing she won it, like I just, to me, that photo. And then there's a photo where, you know, Paul's taking um, pictures of Denise is running out with her ambassador shirt. and Joanne is coming in. She's probably probably winning the race. Well, Denise is already finished, but Joanne's, you know, probably top three and they're like about to hit high fives, which is.
1: Yeah. I know exactly the one you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Cause his photos are amazing. So shout out to Paul Moore. more so hopefully we'll get you in a different episode um do you think there's a, a strategy like how, how do you take such good photos jocelyn
1: so i wrote down my list part of which is definitely stolen from you um, <laughs> okay if everyone pay attention this is a list of how to
0: take a great photo i can't wait
1: it's especially good when you're on a looped course like the natal day course where mm-hmm. the photographer's probably going to be in the same spot the second time so you've got more forewarning of where they're going to be Smart. Um, So smart. But I'm like paying attention for the photographer. And I normally wear a hat, not sunglasses. Mm -hmm. But I, I usually take my hat and tilt it up a little bit. So it's like not really blocking the sun so much because I'll look, I'll look down and cover my face with the hat. Yeah. So I'll like tip my hat up a little bit, look straight at the camera and you run as fast as you can straight at the camera. (laughs) Think about being tall Relaxed shoulders, good form, light on your feet, oh, see, and but just that's- look straight at the camera and smile, and I mouth-breathe when I run, so my smile always looks like I'm really stoked but it's also because I'm like, <gasps> but but folks, what, what you just
0: said is so brilliant because you should have an upright posture when you're running. That's good running form. And it translates to a good photo. Light feet, you should not hear your feet when you're running. So that's just good running form. It also gives you a better chance of possibly having your feet off the ground. Because when we run, it's just a continual, you know, one foot, one foot, whatever. But some, you know. Sometimes the rhythm of it, both feet are off the ground. And that just makes for a cool photo also. And I hear you when I see that camera. I keep looking at it. I'm running in a forward plane. So my legs and my arms are pumping and they're going forward. But I will turn my head and continue looking at that
1: camera. (laughs) Yeah, because you know where they are, but you don't know how far out they're shooting. They might be shooting you like really close up or quite far back.
0: So it sucks, but you better put that smile on the minute you spot the camera and you hold it. Now you gotta be careful that you don't end up having a grimace. And I hear you about the mouth breathing, I know what you mean. You, just, <laughs> you, put, you try to keep that face relaxed. And the positive is, is if your face is relaxed, your body's probably relaxed too. And again, faking good form for the camera will translate to a more running with good form. So it's actually not a bad thing. You got anything else? That's, that's a good list, <laughs> Jocelyn. <Jonathan. laughs>
1: Oh, there was something else. No, they're cute. Oh, be. I don't know.
0: Oh, I don't know. Oh, if there's I was any- going to
1: say, looking back through my old race photos on Facebook the other day, um, there's such a fine line between, like, I'm having a good time kind of smile, like my natural smile, and like the I'm kind of losing it smile that's too much. And that's definitely the way that I air of like, ah, like a very manic kind of smile.
0: I disagree with you because I think you look adorable when you're like veering towards the manic smile, but, but you know, what's natural. <laughs> so I bet there's some that you're like, Mm-mm, and I'm, yeah, I
1: think I I'm a little it. more like,
0: we're always more critical of, yeah. of ourselves. Oh, it's so, so funny.
1: Um, oh, well, here are my notes. I have, I have okay. more
0: tips. Tell
1: me, I, I wear makeup on race day
0: and, and your makeup is flawless. And I, I don't mean, know Soul how
1: sisters when it's themed. I had like a full face on of like eighties themed, but
0: that's exactly the photo I'm going to try to find and include in this podcast because I thought you looked stunning. It's amazing because I would think there'd be some run or some smudging, but no, your makeup is flawless.
1: Well, setting spray primers. I don't know.
0: These are things I don't know, but, uh, I don't know makeup. So,
1: <laughs> but usually if I'm racing, I just wear concealer and mascara because okay. without mascara, like if I curl my eyelashes, even it'll just make my eyes look like a little more defined. Yeah. And concealer. And- Cause I have dark circles, but like, you don't really need anything else. So, like if you put something on your lips, it's going to be gone as soon as you start running.
0: Oh, it's totally going to be gone. Anything in.
1: else is going to run. You're going to be blushed enough. You don't need blush.
0: And I, and yeah. I got to say, Dawson, there was a time in my life where I would have been like, makeup, what are you doing wearing makeup? You don't wear makeup for a race. That was 20 something Stacey who had no clue. Now I would say to anyone listening to this, if makeup, may, and so putting aside the how to take a great photo, if makeup makes you feel good, Wear that in a race because anything that makes you feel good will translate to a better race. Jocelyn and I love our outfits and, you know, how we look, our cute running outfit. It makes us have a better race. So if makeup makes you feel better, you will race better. You don't need makeup for a great photo, but no, not at if- all. Exactly. But these are just
1: tips that, you know, also work. That's all. <laughs> and there are lots of pros that wear makeup, and lots of pros yes. that don't, and ha- get yeah. manicures before races. And oh, I love when just I whatever, see whatever some- makes you feel like yourself. That's whatever
0: makes you feel good. And and I mean, those pros are smart because they know that if they win the race, that they're going to have a lot of photos, and that's going to help with their sponsorship because they'll just be brighter. Whatever. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Is there anything else on your list, Jocelyn? Oh, I had a lot more things I wanted to talk to you about, but I think that's just how it oh, yeah, yeah, goes.
0: <laughs> I just met with the photo. Like I could talk to you forever and I would love to have you back on the Talker podcast. But I think that's actually, um, even though it was a little bit rambling, I think for us to talk about your love, my love of running, and also acknowledging what's going on with the pandemic and then you know finishing up with some pointers for how to take a great photo. I mean, for me, this is a chop, a block full talker podcast so
1: (laughs) and i did get through i did get through most of my notes that i made of photo stuff well
0: when we get back
1: to racing and having race photos taken
0: yeah it's coming uh 2022 wasn't Jocelyn just the most lovely guest? I certainly think so. Uh, one of the things that Jocelyn mentioned is that I gave her a bunch of advice um, when she finished her marathon. And I was thinking that even if you've done a lot of marathons or you're planning your first one, it's always good to be reminded of some of the best practices. So this is Stacy's, um top, well, it's not top 10, sort of top five or six things that I would recommend. And I want to let you know that I've done 78 marathons. I did not follow my own advice in the beginning, but now I've really, I figured it out and I do all the things I'm going to tell you. So the first thing I want you to do as soon as you finish your your marathon, and honestly, I mean this, is to eat. You've got they say you've got a 30-minute window, but I believe it's less than that, um, the window in which you should should eat. And what I always heard was that your muscles are like these, um, these straws that are willing to take in nutrients, but that straw gets smaller and smaller and harder to get the nutrients in as time goes on. And I'm saying in the first 20 minutes, but understanding that you may have trouble walking. You may be a bit nauseous you may take a few minutes to get to the food so have your food ready have it handy Or if someone's meeting you, make sure they have it or have it on your counter. But know what you're going to eat. And yes, I do believe in having a lot of protein. You've just spent anywhere from three to six hours eating carbohydrates. Wonderful, beautiful, easy to digest carbohydrates. But your muscles have taken a pounding and now they truly need protein. So I'd say a nice mix of carbs and protein. If you have to think about it, maybe, you know, two, two, uh no half and half because you know what you'll you won't get it right so you can't have too much protein at this point and and note to self don't have a lot of protein in your meal before the marathon because it's very hard to digest and it will upset your stomach but you do want it as soon as you finished um so i say eat before you shower then i would say shower is you know as soon as you can comfortably after you've eaten or at a minimum if showering is just going to be something that can wait I want you to take off your all your racing clothes, all your running clothes, and put warm clothes on because we are really heated up for probably up to 10 minutes after we've completed um, a marathon and then our core tin temperature really starts to drop. So this applies for men or women, but especially women, you know, get those clothes off your, your wet bra. That is going to make you cold and you're going to feel it. You won't initially cause you're on a high and you're heated up, but it will hit you. So that would just allow you to do some of these other things. Um, so whether you've taken a shower or just clean, um, cleaned yourself gosh that sounds funny or just put on clean dry clothes the next thing I would say is get your legs elevated my favorite thing to do is to lay on the bed with my feet up on the headboard or you can be on a couch um, with some pillows under your legs but I recommend 20 minutes of getting those legs elevated will do so much to flush your legs and make sure that you have a really good recovery because it's all about recovery so you can turn around and do this again right um, now, the, that those are sort of the most important things. So eating with your legs elevated, hey, that works too. Now later in the day, what I want you to do, and this can be later in the afternoon or certainly the evening, but that same day, I want you to go for a walk. And I want you to go for anywhere from a mile up to 2K, that's 1.2 miles. I like to talk ambidextrously in my measurements. And now this is the one that's going to hurt you the most. Not hurt you, but you're going to be like, uh-uh, I don't believe in this, Stacey. I want to ask you to not have alcohol and really crappy food until the next day. If you can eat clean and if you if you deserve, you know, you really want that drink, maybe just have half a drink, but what I want want you to do honestly is Just eat clean, don't drink that first day of the marathon. And then the next day, have at it. Have anything you want to eat, drink as much as you want to drink. But again, I'm all about recovery. And that alcohol just really isn't going to help you as you're recovering immediately after the race. And for my 78 marathons, I'd say 68 of them, I did not take this advice, but now I truly do. And now this is the one that is, you've heard it, you know it, but you don't want to do it. No running no rain for 10 to 14 days if you have had an amazing marathon this is the last bit of advice that you will not want to take and hey I'm completely guilty when I ran um, my sub three-hour marathon I was at a conference and the very next day, there was a group run 5K, and the very next day after that, there was a group run 5K, and I was on fire. I was so happy that I went ahead and I ran those 5Ks, and then because I was full of myself, I know I ran them too fast, and I didn't get injured because right after that, I didn't do any more running. But I was um, I was pushing my luck, and I don't want you to push your luck, but I do want you to walk. I want you to walk as much as your legs will take you because listen, you need to walk you're gonna now you did the walk later in the day that's going to help with soreness but the best thing to do is keep your body moving but not to be running and um well that's it so I mean that wasn't a lot right but I do think those things will help you with your post marathon and that's that's what I told Jocelyn so I hope you enjoyed today's podcast uh, I certainly did, but you could probably tell that. And to everyone listening, until we speak again or till you listen to me speak again, remember to be the inspiration.